What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. The promo code is HAM, and then the number one, HAM and the numeral one at MyBookie.ag. It's Ease.com and EaseWellness.com with the promo code HAM. This is Steve Kerr, courtesy of CanBR 104.5 and 680. The sports leader. It looked like a lot of fun last night. Uh, and I know you, you talked after the game. It was a lot of fun. What, what was it like to, to be in that game? Not only make it three in a row, but to have it against the Rockets, to have it on Christmas Day, a game that meant a lot to, to you guys. Um, how much fun was that for you last night? Oh, man, that was the most fun game of the year. I mean, it was uh, just uh, the energy in the place. Everybody was excited. Christmas Day games are really fun to play in. And you, you know, it's, uh, you know, national TV and a lot of people are watching and, there's just a different vibe, a different feel. It almost feels like a playoff game. And, you know, considering how our season has gone, and obviously the, the results haven't been what we had hoped, but um, considering all that, last, last night was great, best game of the year. I mean, I think through you guys, a lot of us that live around here have grown a hatred of that team that you played, so it's never – you guys get a little extra juice. Obviously, like you said, the, game, the season's gone a little different than the last five years, but – playing that team, get a little extra ounce of energy out of you guys? Oh, no doubt. We've played them more than any other uh, opponent over the last five years. I think we're, I think we've played them like 50 times or something, um, regular season and playoffs combined. So we know them really well. They're a little different <laughs> this year with Westbrook uh, instead of Chris Paul. Uh, but, you know, it's still the same patterns you're seeing, you know, with James Harden and pick and roll and a, and a ton <clears throat> of three-point shooting everywhere really hard team to guard and uh so it was a it was a, a great effort by our guys and our crowd helped us uh it was loud in there and uh really good good day for us to, to have james harden take one free throw attempts pretty incredible uh but it wasn't just him i mean sometimes you think okay maybe james is off that means other people are open all the focus on him rocket shot 37 percent, which was their season low so it wasn't just the harden defense it was the everybody defense you guys played um did it go kind of the way you anticipated it going? Uh, were you able to push the buttons in the order you wanted to defensively? Well, we, you know, we, we had a, a 
a plan going in. I mean, James Harden forces you to to guard differently than uh, than you normally would. You know, just in in your normal pick and roll coverage, generally just a, a handful of things you do against pick and roll. But Harden makes you rethink everything, and I think the whole league has has had to uh, to kind of figure out different ways to try to combat what he does because it's it's unguardable really if you try to guard it in a traditional fashion so um, a lot of teams are doing different things and and uh, Jaron Collins uh, cooked up a really good game plan we trapped Harden a lot our guys executed really well and and I think the best thing we did as you said was just not foul you know it, he draws so many fouls and puts you in so many vulnerable positions that you you, you have to find a way to to defend them, but show your hands as, as soon as, you know, if you, if you can't show your hands to the officials, you know, Harden is going to exploit that. And then you're, you're in trouble and he's going to the foul line. So we avoided that all night, which was really key. You know, I, I, I mean, it makes sense when you say you've played that team more than any other team over the last five years and now counting going on six, it hit me yesterday. Like you said, the scout of the last, even last year would have been different. And then three years ago before that, why James Harden's the constant. They've had three separate superstars starting with Dwight, and then Chris, and then Russ. And maybe that's just nature of the times. Guys move a lot. But obviously that team has had the one superstar, but the constant turnover, it, does that change? I mean, you're, it's not like you can go back to the 2014 or 15, 16 game plan because it's always changing with this specific team despite having a consistency of playing them a lot. It's still hard to show, you know, no matter who it's been, whether it's Howard or Paul or, or Westbrook next to him, it's still all about James and what he does. And, uh, you know, the other thing is Mike D'Antoni has been there now for several years. That's true. And, uh, so the system hasn't changed, uh, you know, over the last three years. But, um, you know, they, the, uh, they put you in difficult spots. Um, you know, they were hurt by not having Eric Gordon. Gordon is a really good player can do a lot of damage if you're uh, if you're double teaming Harden. He wasn't out there, and, and we just you know we did enough to to force some tough shots. And uh, sometimes the you know shots go in, sometimes they don't. And last night was a good night for us because they missed they missed some open ones for sure. But that's all part of it. Did you ever read? Uh, I'm I'm guessing you Jack McCollum's book Seven Seconds or Left uh, or Seven I, Seconds I, I or never, Left. I, yeah, I never did. I never did read it. Hit too but close I was to home. In Phoenix, you know, I, you lived I, a guy. You know, I was, yeah, I, I, I did, but uh, that was just before I arrived there. Uh, so I was uh, doing television at the time when the Suns really, you know, started to to explode. Two thousand four or five. I was doing TV, but I became a consultant right around that time. I didn't become GM till two thousand seven, uh, but. You know that that team really made an impact on the whole league, and um, they, I think they've they've influenced uh, a lot of what we do here as well. Just the, the spacing and the speed and the three point shooting. I think that that Nash team, Nash Dottemeyer team, really changed the way a lot of coaches looked uh, looked at the game. When you think about like I, I just think about my my life watching basketball, the Suns have had two of the best teams to not win a championship whether it was Charles's team or or that Suns team. I, I mean, I, I guess I'd probably put the Kings of the early 2000s up there, two of the teams that I thought you know a lot of people pro- kind of accepted as championship level but didn't win a title. Is there somebody else that comes to mind uh, as, as maybe the best team that did not win a championship or the best group that didn't win a title? 
Well, the one the one for me, just because I was there, I played with, with the Cavaliers in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, and we had we had a team that was really good, but we, we kept running into Michael Jordan. And, and there, you know, it was Larry Nance and Brad Doherty, Ron Harper, uh, that group. Um, excellent team. Mark Price was the point guard, one of the best point guards in the, in the league. So that was a really good team. Just you know, there are a lot of teams like that that just came around at the wrong time. You know, if you happen to to be at your best during Michael Jordan's heyday, then you were just out of luck. You know, and and uh, so there have been there have been some teams like that for sure. Did you did you happen to see the trailer? I think it came out yesterday or two days ago on the uh, the upcoming documentary on the '98 season. I know you were a part of it, being interviewed. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, I saw the I saw the trailer. I'm excited. You know, I remember that season, that '98 season. The the cameras were literally behind the scenes all, all year long. It was really bizarre. That you know they didn't do that kind of stuff back then. And and Phil Jackson decided to to let them do it. Michael Jordan was the ultimate uh, decision maker on that front, and he controls. Uh, I think Michael controlled all the, the footage. That's one of the reasons it's taken 20 years for it to come out. Uh, he had to okay everything. Had to let everyone know, you know, just remind everyone. I think it's a good time. You know, I do too. The modern, the modern players all know about Jordan, but, you know, they, they, I don't know how much they really saw of him, um, you know, when he was playing. So I think it's, uh, it's going to be great for our young players, our current NBA players, to, to watch some of that. I mean, the trailer's incredible because the it's just a bunch of people, for people who haven't seen it, it's just a bunch of incredible people sitting down. It's just Obama, Roy Williams, Phil Jackson, Scotty. Kobe. I, did, did I, Steve, did, did we see, we were talking about this earlier, was that Carmen Electra we saw in the in the trailer? Uh, yeah, yes it was. <laughs> was she a big part of that team? <laughs> yeah, big part, huge part, <laughs> integral. <laughs> 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 on a lighter note, uh, I, I know read about, and we have a mutual friend Mike Tannenbaum, who I know introduced you, or maybe you already knew him through Pete Carroll and Dan Quinn, and obviously, you know, big point, talking point today. We had Kyle Shanahan on Niners Seattle, and I think was it last year, or a couple years ago, you went to one of the your team went to the team meeting and were shooting some baskets with Seattle. Well, you know, having gotten to know Pete Carroll over the years, what do you think makes him so successful as a coach? Like, what, what's Something that jumps out to you when you've been around Pete. Yeah, he's he's been a, a mentor for me. Um, you know, somebody who who um, I, I always enjoyed watching him coach. I, I, I watch a lot of coaches and, and teams, and when I see a, a team that sort of jumps off the, the screen, I'm interested in in their culture and, and how they operate. And so for me. You know, 10, 15 years ago, I was watching USC football, and it's ironic because I grew up a UCLA fan. I, I didn't like USC at all, but, you know, Pete Carroll, his teams were so dominant at SC, and they had so much fun. You could see the energy just bursting from the sidelines, and they just destroyed everybody. And there was Pete, you know, having just as much fun as anybody. And so I've, I've always admired him. I mean, a few years ago, I went up to his uh, training camp, and he was great. He invited me in and shared a lot of his coaching wisdom. And that was about, actually five years ago before I even uh, before I arrived in, in Oakland to, be, to coach the Warriors. And, uh, and then two years ago, uh, we were in town for an exhibition game. Well, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, and the whole team went to uh, Seahawks practice, and Pete invited us in, and 
we shot hoops with the team and threw the ball around, threw the football around. It was an incredible day. But uh, Pete's an amazing coach. He just uh, he he's so passionate and energetic. He loves the game and he's innovative and he keeps things fresh and exciting and interesting. And and he's doing it again in Seattle. You know, he's just he's one of the best coaches in in sports. And uh, I've learned a lot from him. Have you got to know Kyle Shanahan at all? I've not gotten to know Kyle. I know John Lynch a little bit uh, going back uh, really before either one of us came up to the Bay. Um, you know, we've, San Diego we've guys. spent a lot of time in San Diego. Yeah. So I'd run into to, to John down in, uh, in San Diego quite a bit. And and uh, now, you know, we've been in touch quite a bit, uh, texting and, and that kind of stuff. And we keep meaning to, uh, to, uh, to come down and, you know, get together with with Bob Myers and and uh, and Kyle, and uh, we we just haven't pulled it off yet. Both you know both both teams are so busy, but uh, I'm I'm admiring what they're doing from afar. It's been amazing to watch the the 49ers this year. They're having an unbelievable season. You know, I wonder. This is a, a little. This is a somewhat football related in terms of a coach, but it's a coaching thing. Urban Meyer. I was watching a thing with him the other day, and he said that um, they had a guy whose job on film study it was to let him know if the coach ever, if the head football coach of the team they're about to play ever talks to the special teams, his own special teams coach. And if that guy regularly talks to the special teams coach, then it's not really helpful. But if that guy doesn't often talk to the special teams coach, then he would know when he sees that guy talking to the special teams coach to be ready for something tricky on special teams. Wow. Um, wow. But I don't, is there anything in, in, like, can you go, you know, in, in basketball, you don't quite get to stop in between every play and call the next play and, and have that level on every play of influence. Is there anything, any trick of the trade, any, uh, anything you can search for when you're looking for those types of small margin advantages? Well, you know, every team scouts, uh, each other. And, and when you get to the playoffs, uh, there's really a deep level of, of knowledge and awareness of what your opponent is doing. Um, but in the regular season, I, you know, what I found interesting when I, you know, became an NBA coach is that literally everybody steals from each other. You know, there's a, a lot of great coaches around the league and, and I offenses are getting more and more innovative teams are running really interesting stuff. And, you know, when, when you see something interesting out there, you just, you take it and then you run it for yourself. And then, you know, the same thing happens. You might, you might, you know, run something that another team likes and they run it against you. And, and so it stuff tends to, to go in, in uh, trends where, you know, that's why you see a lot of the same patterns around the league. Uh, but, but coaches will absolutely steal plays from one another and, you know, they make no bones about it. My favorite play was when Doug Collins said that they they asked him what he did. I think it might have been against the Cavs, and he said the play call was, we said get the ball to Michael and everyone else get the bleep out of the way. <laughs> that was always a good play. <laughs> now that uh, now that Brad Stevens in the NBA, who was the last college coach you took something from? Well, I, I, had a, I took a play from Fred Hoiberg, uh, about uh, well before I became the Warriors coach I, I was preparing for coaching and I I would uh, keep I kept a video library of plays that I liked and Fred ran a, a beauty at Iowa State uh, that became a staple for us here and, and uh, I called it Cyclone in, in Fred's honor and uh, when he became the Bulls coach <laughs> I told him I called him I go you know I, I, I 
we run your play? And he goes, yeah, I saw it. I've, I've seen you run it. And I said, well, we call it Cyclone. What do you call it? And he goes, well, we call it Cougar. I said, how come? He goes, because I stole it from BYU. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, you know. Everybody everybody just uh, sees what's what's out there, and you take what you like, and then you adapt it to your personnel. And, and uh, that's just kind of how it how it works. You guys have someone on your staff that just keeps an eye on whether it's, you know, Oregon or whether it's the Celtics or whoever's playing. They see something, they just make a note and keep a folder that you guys have a running kind of diary over the last several years for just just plays. I tell I tell all our coaches if you see something you like, um, just just uh, you know clip it and uh, give it to our video guys. And uh, our video guys keep a, a big file, and I will go to our video guys uh, from time to time and just say, "Hey, you know, we need to we need some fresh uh, out of bounds plays, or you know, after timeout plays, or you know, we need to change up our late game stuff." Um, and they'll put a they'll put a you know a file on my computer, a new file, and we'll we'll start to add stuff. Sometimes I'll just see something on League Pass, and I'll just text my my video guy. Say so, uh, you got to clip this play from you know fourth quarter, whoever, and and you know it'll be on my computer the next day, and and uh, but it, it's it's fun, and it's a it's a really you know fun part of the job is is seeing stuff that you like and trying to implement it with your own group. You know, I, I it was interesting last night post game on uh, ESPN. Draymond did the post game interview with Israel Gutierrez, and one thing he said was I think it was one of the first things he said. He said Steve has been telling us this team that we're getting better for about the last month. And that's part of what made this so satisfying is that he's been telling us we're getting better to win three in a row, to win this game, um, and validate all of that was important for us. Did, did it, has it felt important for you to remind this group that they're getting better, to tell them that they're getting better? Well, I wasn't lying when I said it. You know, I, I, I felt it. And, you know, we've had the occasional clunker where, you know, shots just didn't go in and, you know, we lost some steam and, and things didn't turn out well. But for the most part, we've 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 just competed really well and really hard this year and we've had a lot of close losses. I think, you know, maybe ten ten or twelve really close losses and you know, we're finally starting to win some, some close games because we're executing and we're figuring it out. But um, I've been telling the truth, you know, the last the last month or so I, I could feel it, our whole staff could feel that we were getting better. We just had to get over the hump. And, um, you know, hopefully that's what these last three games are about. Just, you know, us getting a little bit better and learning how to close games. And, you know, maybe we can continue uh, a nice little run here. With Steph and Clay injured, how important has Draymond been? Just kind of been your version of a coach on the floor and in the huddle and at practice, just being around the young guys. Oh, he's a man. I mean, he's just, uh, he's such a winner. He's such a champion. He's He's been through everything. He knows the game so well. And I think the most impressive thing about Draymond this year is just how he has had to adapt his level of expectation, you know, because he's, he's so emotional and, and he hates losing. So he had to kind of find the sweet spot, you know, between, okay, it's okay. You know, it's all right. We're not going to be a great team, but we can, you know, we can be better. We can get better we, this can be a process and I can be a part of, of, of all that leading these guys. And, and uh, it's been really fun to watch Draymond grow. I think his leadership has never been better, never been stronger. And the circumstances have really forced him uh, to to be more mature and, and wiser and, uh, and tougher. 
uh, mentally, and I think he's uh, he's at his his all time best from a leadership standpoint. He's been fantastic. Steve, congratulations on the fun of yesterday and the uh, success here. We appreciate you making time. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Merry Christmas. Thanks, guys. You too. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.